Radio DePaul Sports. The student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. This is sports you've never heard of. I'm Jacob Ellis. And I'm Trenton Sito. And we are back. Yeah, long break. Long break. A, a much needed break, I would say, in a global pandemic. I mean, every day it's just like, if I want to, I could just go sit on my bed. Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> sit on the bed and sleep the day away. I mean, yeah, but can't do that because it gets boring the fifth time you do that in a week. Ah, uh, that's true. So my dad works at hotels. He's a hotel manager, and his hotel in San Francisco is closed still. But his the company, because it owns a bunch of hotels, needed to send him to needed a manager in, in Miami and Florida. So he went there to work as a manager. Oh no. No, yeah, it was right after that um, murder rape case thing came out. So right when he got there, it was like, yeah, there's a curfew, and you got to deal with all these spring breakers who are annoyed, and it's really humid there. So yeah, fun times for him. But anyway, here's the actual issue. He used to, so we have three cats. We didn't want three cats. We wanted two cats. When we got the when we went to get the second cat, there were twins, and we had to take both of them because they couldn't be separated from each other. So we have three cats. My dad, because he used to always wake up when he had a job, he used to wake up at like five a.m. to so he could commute into the city and beat the traffic. Uh, well, he actually would take a train, but whatever, he beat the train traffic <laughs> or those trains jamming up the railway. <laughs> Uh, he, so, so he used to getting up early and when he, when he got up, he used to feed the cats the like wet, dry, the wet food out of a can. And that's when they would get fed. And then he kept doing, he kept waking up that early when he didn't have a job after in the pandemic and he just wakes up that early anyway. But now he left. The cats are trained to get food early in the morning oh no what happens when you have a bunch of cats who just want food and no one's bringing them the food a very annoyed jacob (laughs) they surround me so not only that they sleep they all sleep need to sleep on my bed at night i don't got a big bed i got like the little kid twin bed type type deal and it's three cats who are all overweight except for the little one who the other two bully but that one needs to stay right next to me so he's safe. Then the two fat ones sit at my legs and I can't move my legs. And I'm just like this sleeping at night. And then only in the morning, they wake me up so they can get the canned food. So that's what I've been going through. And he's finally coming back at the end of this week from Florida. Guess what happens next? He stays for three days, gets his second shot of the vaccine in those three days. Then he goes to Colorado because they're just sending him somewhere else too. So it's back to the cats annoying me. Back to the cats. On the bright side, they're still waking you up. They could be eating you. No, they try. Like this guy doesn't taste good. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep going off these topics. I decided not to do these topics. So yeah, speaking of the vaccine... I got my vaccine next week. Uh, I don't. Did Did you get like vaccine? Can you even sign up yet in Chicago? Uh, technically, I can because I was working in the high schools as a athletic coach. However, oh, because oh. I'm a new athletic coach, um, and they're not shipping out our public school IDs to like our respective schools. It is very difficult for me to get my ID, which I kind of need in order to get vaccinated. Yeah. So I'm probably just going to have to wait a while. I'm sorry. It's all right. Okay. So they opened it up to anyone over 16 in my county. Uh, so I got it signed up and I'm going to get it at a water park in the parking lot because this is what the ward is now. You get your medical treatment in a, in a water park, in a water park parking lot. <laughs> it's just such a weird thing, because that's what the only place they have that's like big enough, and they need, and then you take it in your car and they give it to you. I don't know. 
it sounds like I'm probably going to get Johnson Johnson, you know? It's also really weird how many people have opinions on vac- which vaccine, you know? Mm. I have teachers who someone's like, oh, I have to go. I'm getting my vaccine. He's like, which one? And he's going <laughs> to judge you based on which vaccine. Like this va- vaccine hierarchy, which one did you get? Like, <laughs> oh, you only got Pfizer or something like that. So it's interesting. See, I think I, I want Johnson Johnson because one shot one shot but it's not as effective overall but it's just as effective versus severe cases but then it doesn't have as cool of a name as Pfizer <laughs> Pfizer it's just why they put the P there I don't know but it's great because people are going to start judging me and after from by which vaccine I get and I'm not sure if I want to be a Johnson Johnson person I want to be a Pfizer person I see I don't want to be a Moderna person Madonna sounds like Moto. <laughs> when I think of Johnson and Johnson, I just think of like the, the baby, baby powder? shampoo. No, the baby yeah. shampoo. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but the baby shampoo. Where did you <laughs> I put baby shampoo in. <laughs> well, now I've heard that they've, because they have the ones from other countries we don't get, like we might get as, as it's like Astra Tecca or something like that. I don't know which country, but in the Russian one, they call Sputnik. Oh. And I'm also just like, considering the Russians' history with drugs, I feel like it'll also make you stronger. So. I see. That would be a bonus. So so that means if you take that, you would probably make it into the Olympics. Yeah. Well, no, because Russia's not even allowed in the Olympics. This is what the plan is. Oh, that's true. (laughs) No one's allowed in the Olympics because they give you the Sputnik. If if we can't be in the Olympics, no one can. Well, we don't, we don't have Sputnik here, but like if we did, if we want to get stronger for no reason, it would be a uh, an interesting phenomenon in history. So going back to what the extra questions. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, I was gonna say speaking of things you shouldn't put in your body, but you should put vaccines. I was just mean the spot if it was steroids. I was gonna say connected to the steroids thing, but yeah. Anyway, things what you a- should put in your body: candy. Candy. All right. Um, okay, so we, it was just Easter. Right. We're doing this belated Easter special, and we forgot to do it before Easter. Uh, I don't. We didn't get. I didn't get like the Easter candy or the Easter egg thing. I had an egg for breakfast. I think that's enough. <laughs> I celebrated it that way. But when I was a little kid, my parents used to get us like baskets with all these candies. And Easter candy of the candy holidays, I feel like has the worst candy. Why is that? Well, because one, the main candy is Peeps. And Peeps is just weird. It's like, it's a marshmallow, but they made it worse by putting that weird sugar on it. And it's just, Why? Because marshmallows usually by themselves aren't that good. You eat them in s'mores or, or hot chocolate to make them good. By themselves, they're not that good. And then you put this weird sugar on it, it's bad. And then the, all the other ones, there's the Cadbury egg, which is fine, I guess. But then the chocolate rabbits, those are terrible. They're either like hollow and it's not as much as you want, or it's, or it's completely filled and then you realize it's bad chocolate. <laughs> This has been my candy rant. I see. But what about those Reese's eggs? Peanut butter, peanut okay. butter chocolate eggs. Every holiday, they do a unique shape of Reese's, but it's just regular Reese's they put in a deformed shape. So it's all year. Anytime Reese's has a deformed one on the factory line, they say, that's for this holiday. And that's what they do. That's what I think they do. I know, but it's good, isn't it? It's just Reese's. And then, <laughs> yeah. But Have you ever had one of those high-quality chocolate brands version of Reese's? So they do their own peanut butter cup things? It tastes like, so much better when it actually has good quality chocolate. Like what brands are you talking here? I think it was one called like Justin's or something. And it's like high-quality chocolate. So Justin's peanut butter cup or something. Speaking of marshmallows, there's now this brand called like Smash, which makes flavored marshmallows. Oh, that's, that's... a game changer. Put that <laughs> in your s'more. You get a new flavor. They have like mint flavored. They have like 
strawberry flavor. They have like churro flavored. So it's like churro flavored marshmallow. How do they do that? <laughs> it's incredible. It's it's magic. Progress, Trenton. Yes. Think of where we'll be in 20 years if we can do this now. Right. Who who cares about time travel when we can have flavored marshmallows? Okay, on would you do time travel if you had the option? I don't think I would. I don't I don't think time travel should be allowed. It's I, dangerous. Yeah. I mean, speaking from the the most scientifically accurate show on earth called The Flash. Time travel is clearly not a good thing. Did you know that uh, time travel movies are banned in China? You can't have a time travel movie in China. That that Avengers Endgame was the first time they ever allowed a time travel movie. And it was only because it was sort of a side plot. Okay, that's interesting. It's because, no, it's because the Chinese government, because they restrict a lot of like certain types of movies, they think it's dangerous to encourage time travel so they make that in the official movie rules if it's a movie about time travel it's banned i mean it's very odd yeah it's also the ghost the ghostbusters movies are banned now (laughs) because they um they talk about ghosts and ghosts are viewed as spirituality and every any movie about religion is banned so you can't have ghosts so ghostbusters is banned I see. It's really interesting. Just like when they get beyond what you would expect them to ban. And it's these unique things they banned. All right. But yeah, back to time travel. Don't do it. It's just a bad idea. You're going to mess up something. You're going to come back in the future and everything's wrong. <laughs> You're going to come back in the future and all of a sudden there's no people. It's only dinosaurs. Well, yeah. I wonder if you go into, if you go into the future, if you change something, does it actually happen? Because in the future, uh, you can just make sure that you don't. But no, you did time travel at your time. But if you go into the future, you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Like, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. So how can you change anything? Well, no, because like, I'm just, I base all of my time travel knowledge on the Back to the Future movies. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely did something in the future when he changed it, but I don't know if that change actually occurred in just that timeline or if when he went back, the timeline just stopped existing because he went back in time. Or it just creates many new timelines. Like every every time someone time travels, they create a new timeline, but it's only for themselves. Wouldn't that be weird? Okay. No, I don't. It couldn't be only for yourself because what if you went with a friend like Doc Brown? Then you both moved. Unless you both think the other person is there, but they're really out their own timeline and it's like a copy. That could be it. I don't know. It's an interesting thought. Okay, we got to have like a quantum theorist on here. Yeah, we need to find is that right. That, is that the name for the people who know time travel? Quantum theorist? Um. Perhaps. I mean, it might be. It might be up their alley. All right. Anyway, should we actually go to what the topic of this episode is? Yes, we should. Uh, we should stop egging it on. No, it wasn't a good one. <laughs> no, it was not. Egging it on would be encouraging it. Yes. Well, then I shall. I shall egg you on in continuing our shows definitely work either regularly commentary (laughs) okay so this week because it's all belated easter special what is time travel back in time and give our odd selves to this one so they can play it before easter and they can post it what if by doing that we inadvertently end the world I don't think it would happen. But that means we can just go on to Spotify right now on the Radio DePaul podcast page, and then we could play it. And we won't have to talk because it already happened. Oh, <laughs> interesting. That's, See, that's interesting using my head. Theory. Yeah. Okay, so for the Easter special, we're going to look at egg-themed sports because it's all about eggs. Now, 
what's interesting about doing an episode on eggs, Trenton, as told on a previous episode, is allergic to eggs. Or like your stomach can't handle it. Yeah, I think the the more accurate term medically is I I can't tolerate eggs or I am egg intolerant because it's not like okay. it's not like allergic as in I yeah I know eat. it's just like it hurts your stomach yes it it creates bad reactions and then you can't even have it in stuff yeah most most stuff I can't have it in unless it's like super duper cooked because like I can eat I can eat like fried eggs but only if it's like fried with within an inch of its life <laughs> well, then that would suck yeah like, but i su- i suppose like i suppose i could probably eat hard-boiled eggs because like those are super duper cooked yeah they're hard-boiled yeah in but, england um, they all eat soft-boiled eggs and they have like special cups to put the egg in oh that's cute it's kind of weird but you know do your thing <laughs> Um, so for the Easter sports, we'll look at three common egg sports that are usually played around Easter. Uh, we're going to do Easter egg roll, not the food you get at Chinese restaurants. Uh, no, we're not just going to talk about egg rolls. We could though, but we're not, uh, (laughs) egg and spoon race and egg toss. We're not talking about Easter egg hunts because... You already know about that. Everyone knows about that. There's no advanced version. It's just looking for eggs around your house. And then there's one that you don't find until like weeks later, you get a rotten egg smell in your house and you find it. (laughs) That's what happened to us. My dad was so good at hiding the eggs and he forgot where he hid them that we couldn't find all of them. Oh no. Okay. So Easter egg roll is traditionally played on Easter, of course. And it's a game where children push an egg with like a long spoon, like either on a lawn or a hill, or specify when it's a hill, when it's a lawn. And they race each other to who can push the egg the fastest. The links of this go far back to ancient European pagan celebrations for the Vorno Equinox, which is the coming of spring. Uh, so around March 21st, uh, you can with all of the egg sports, they pretty much all have some link to that because that's just sort of how eggs became linked to Easter, a Christian holiday, when the egg was originally a pagan celebration. The egg was linked to the rebirth of nature with the coming of spring, sort of like, is it the chicken or the egg? The chicken comes out of the egg. Why? So basically... When the Christians started converting pagans around Europe, the Pope commanded missionaries to change these pagan celebrations and make them into Christian rituals. So he connected this egg rolling, which was really popular in both England and Germany. I don't know if they both came out of the same culture way back or they both separately developed it, but it seemed both England and Germany pagans had it. Interesting. But they, they used to, like, it was roll down the egg down the hill. And what happened was the Christians connected this egg rolling to make it symbolic for the rolling away of the rock from Jesus Christ's tomb before his resurrection. I don't know about you, but that seems sort of reaching. Uh, but since 1878, an Easter egg roll has been done at the White House in the United States when President Rutherford B. Hayes hosted an Easter egg roll for the local children for the first time. There was Easter egg rolls before that as early as 1814 at Capitol Hill when it was started by James Madison's wife, Dolly, but it moved to the White House when Congress complained about children ruining their lawn. Isn't that something Congress would do? Yeah, I was just about to say, that seems like something I could totally see them doing. When I went to the Capitol building for the first time, I was really disappointed that like you couldn't actually like walk up the steps to it because they had it all closed off. Of course, now I know I basically could have. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> <a> fun joke. 
the uh, kids, that was a terrible event. Anyway. The, kids, the kids one day will will wonder what we're talking about. I mean, this is all going to be in the AP U.S. History DBQ. Oh, that's, that's true. What, what happened in 2020, 2021, all these events. It's going to be, you know how those pictures that you have to write a response to, and it's like old 1800s cartoons? It's going to mm. be memes from Reddit that pe- the kids are going to have to respond to. <laughs> like, why is this man refusing to wear a mask? Yeah, that's... uh. I, I could actually see what that are we going to do with masks after this? We have all these masks now. We're going to keep them and we're going to use them every time the seasonal flu comes around, like the rest of the Asian countries. That's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, it's not. Yeah. Anyway, back to the White House. So, so the White House version is only different from the European version that's played on a lawn and not a hill. So it's harder to push that egg with the spoon. I see. That's because they believe that eggs should be rolled on the lawn and that hills are only for lo- rolling wheels of cheese. No, it's just that there's no hills at the White House, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, so key dates from the White House Easter egg roll. 1878 was the first one officially held. Uh, in 1954, the first Black children were allowed to attend under Mamie Eisenhower's direction. It's super late. Uh, it did not take place five times. It was from 1918 to 1920. It was canceled due to food shortages and influenza concerns. 1943-1945, uh, World War II. Right after World War II, they had food shortages concerns. Uh, from 48 to 52, they had restoration. They were restoring the White House, so they couldn't do it. And in the past two years, they just haven't done it. Lazy. So how is it played? It's just you roll an egg with a long spoon across the ground while other children do the same. And you try to be the fastest. And the president is shouting at you. Just for added flair. For for added intensity. You think the kids in like Washington, D.C., they must have so many field trips they do. That's just field trip, like, because there's so many, everything's free, too. So it's so many field trips. I just thought of that. That's crazy. Anyway, back to this. <laughs> uh, so what are your thoughts on this, Trenton? Hmm. It's, uh, I don't know. It's it's a, a cool game, I suppose, for kids to play. Um, I don't entirely know if I would do it. It seems difficult. It seems time-consuming. Six-year-olds do it. It's not difficult. It seems difficult. You're trying to roll a spoon. No, you're trying to... Maybe that's my problem. I'm trying to roll the spoon and not you're the egg. You're trying to roll the spoon with the egg. You're supposed to roll the egg with the spoon. Apparently, I was that one kid who didn't know how to follow directions. <laughs> the president would be like, look at this kid. Um... Okay, yeah. so is it a sport? No. Yeah, I don't think so. This is a no. This is a game. It's a game, yes. It's a game you play when you live in Washington, D.C. and your parents are connected. And you want to be yelled at with a very presidential voice, a very official voice. <laughs> I'm just imagining Donald Trump yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or Abraham Lincoln, just it was a, bef- after Abraham Lincoln. It was eighteen seventy eight. Yes, but if we time travel, and when we I time would, travel, we take Abraham Lincoln to the future. Okay, but I think then he would be less concerned with the egg rolling, and more concerned with everything else. <laughs> oh, he would be pretty concerned with a lot of things going on right now. I can be sure of that. But yeah, is it a sport? No, it's not a sport. It's a game. Would you play it? I would. Apparently, Trenton doesn't think he knows how. (laughs) Okay, we're going to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. 
I don't recycle. I mean, we can just find another planet for your kids to live on, you know? Noted non-recycler Tommy Crenshaw talks about the future. Oh, I can totally see finding another planet that can support life when ours fills up with trash. Log on to yougottobekidding.org and learn about all the ways you can recycle, unless you're into lame excuses like Tommy's. Hey, recycling's just not my thing. Starting over on a new planet? Now that's exciting. Don't be that guy, unless you want people looking at you funny. Log on to yougottobekidding.org. Wasn't that a fun commercial? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I learned so much. Did you know that... 15% 15% something. Only 15 minutes can save you 15% on car insurance. Geico. Ah, must not be a very good commercial because I couldn't recite it. <laughs> hey, repeat that so many times. Why do insurance companies try so hard at commercials? Because compared to every industry, they seem to have a lot of commercials. Because I can clearly identify commercials from each of the major insurance companies. Right. What's your favorite? I like Formos. We or Formos bump 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 bump. Because they have that motto, and they also have we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Right. Um. Yeah, I I like farmers as well, but I also enjoy the Affleck commercials. Affleck's good. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> now it's enough of that. Let's get into egg and spoon race. What? What's an egg and spoon race? Again, we already talked about where you're pushing the egg with a spoon on the ground. This is where you're carrying the egg on a spoon while ru- running or not running. That may be your strategy. Ah. And you race to the finish line. Does this one make sense to you, Trent? Is it too yes. difficult? No, no, this one makes sense perfect sense how it's the same thing but you're just (laughs) lifting it (laughs) that made all the difference in the world jacob tell us about the history trenton all right so the earliest recorded usage of this in the oxford english dictionary is that on september 8th in 1894 it was featured in the daily news with the quotes the gentleman had a turn in the egg and spoon race in which the competitors had to punt with one hand and ballast balance an egg on a spoon with the other. And it was also part of the special diamond jubilee celebrations for both Queen Victoria and Elizabeth II. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fun times. Fun okay, times. so how is it played? You race either individually, sometimes it's a relay, so you got give that egg to someone else. Uh, there's different, they play by different rules. A lot of times when it's little kids, if the egg falls, you can just keep going. It just can't crack. Sometimes if it falls, you're out. Um, sometimes you're allowed to basically sort of hold the egg. Sometimes you can't do anything. Sometimes you can't reposition it. Basically, depending on who you play with, it's going to have slightly different rules. But again, the main idea there's a lot of common methods to cheating, though, which includes sticking the egg to the spoon. Now, <laughs> that's really smart, and I never thought of doing that. Because, like, you could totally, like, put some cracked, one of the cracked eggs, sort of put that there, and it would kind of stick. Another one is holding onto the egg with one finger. No, it's because they'll see you do that. That's not cheating. See, yeah, I think the sticking one is smart. I would also think, well, my strategy would be I would probably actually just try to go really fast, but I wouldn't think about it because when you're not thinking about balancing something, sometimes you can really balance something or try tripping the other people. (laughs) I see. Okay. Okay. For some variations, there's an extra challenge where you have to carry the spoon with both hands or with your teeth or have your hands tied behind the back while carrying it with your teeth. Oh, so you carry the spoon with your teeth. That seems difficult. It does. Yeah. That also seems like a, a choking hazard. Probably is. And this is a game for children. Yikes. Great idea. What are the records, Trenton? Well, there is somebody by the name of 
Ashrita Furman, who is a New Yorker and holds many records, including the fastest 100-meter egg and spoon race while holding the spoon in the mouth, which was 25.13 seconds. That's good. Also, that's my normal 100 meter time. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Bing! The so fastest fast, mile egg and spoon race, which was seven minutes and eight seconds. I think that actually is fast. <laughs> that, that is, that is inc- good. incredibly fast. Um, the fastest mile egg and spoon race while holding the spoon with both hands, which was eight minutes and five seconds. So about one minute slower. And also the fastest mile egg and spoon race, holding the spoon in the mouth, which was nine minutes, 29 nine seconds. minutes doing that. How do you go nine and a half minutes with a spoon in your mouth? Well, I can beat you with in 1990, there was a runner who completed the London Marathon in three hours, 47 minutes. And he was carrying an egg on the spoon to balance. That's, that's, uh, three hours, 47 minutes is a pretty good marathon time. And you're carrying an egg. Carrying an egg. And you're not dropping the egg. Yeah, that's, uh, this is incredible. Anyway, but this one, unlike the other one, apparently this one has controversy. I don't know why this one in particular is always brought up, but this one, there's controversy brought up. For one, so government officials, parents, school teachers have complained about including it in like activities for sports day or something at schools. For one, people who have egg allergies, Trenton, you know, you can't eat the egg, but you don't have an allergy. Yeah. But I don't know. They're looking out for you. I, I appreciate it. They also worry about kids eating the raw eggs, which I'm just sort of like, that's on you. Tell the kids don't eat the raw eggs or you get sick. You get salmonella. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes it's... you don't. It's like Rocky eats the raw egg and he runs, you know? Maybe it'll help oh, you. When that when that scene happened, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> don't eat raw egg. Yeah. I don't... Young young Trenton was quite horrified by that scene. Anyway, but because of these uh controversy they've created variants where they use a hard boiled egg they use a wooden egg they use a ceramic egg or they use a synthetic egg or sometimes they don't even use an egg they use a potato they use a small ball and there's some version where they just put jelly on a spoon (laughs) what is the point of that (laughs) interesting i guess you could spill the jelly but that just doesn't seem like the same amount of focus you need yeah and it Kind of holds together more, I would think. Yeah, it's not as fun if it's not like has the opportunity to break open, you know? Mm-hmm. So I really only think, I think you got to use like one of these. It actually breaks open. Anyway, but interestingly, of- in yeah. India, they use a variant with lemon, but they carry the egg. It's only can be done with the spoon in the mouth. So it has to be spoon and mouth. You can't do it with hand. Yeah. This is uh this is interesting because aren't lemons are are quite sizably different than eggs. They are, but it might be easier by the shape. Oh perhaps. Depending what type of spoon. True. Because I think egg, pretty much unless you have a ginormous spoon. It's going to be hard and it's going to roll a little bit because it's mm-hmm. hard. A lemon is going to be sort of soft also, and it'll be easier to just sort of lift the spoon. And I think if you have a good enough size spoon, it will be fine. Yeah. And whereas like the egg is completely smooth and like slippery, the lemon yeah. is more like sticky in a way, like more fleshy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So final question, Trenton, is this one a sport? Oh, man. Um, Okay, I'll say two things. Number one, in this iteration of it, I don't think it's a sport because it's just like adding on holding a spoon and an egg onto other things like running a marathon or like other races or whatnot. 
but I could see it being considered a sport if it's like its own separate thing. You so know it what can't I mean? be can't be part of running a marathon. It right. has to be the race is you're just everyone's racing with it. Right. Either everybody's racing with it or you're doing like different events like you're you know the like the the ultimate tag imagine yeah. ultimate tag people running around like the, yeah the platforms and stuff trying to tag each other but they're also holding onto a spoon and balancing in an egg you know oh i was thinking of like just starting to do every olympic sport but while balancing a spoon on an egg so you like synchronized diving but they're holding onto a spoon with an egg oh do, i like, see so like the like dressage but you're holding onto a spoon with an egg <laughs> that's a excellent idea the egg olympics no. okay egg olympics so is it for me it is a sport if you're doing it in a competition and again it can't just be like kids playing a game it has to be somewhat organized but definitely this one is a lot more of a sport than the last one yeah i agree there i do challenge you though i think if you do it with a marathon it's still considered a sport you're just doing a unique sport by yourself. That's true. Because they're all because it's clearly other people trying to get these records in it. So there's still sort of a stake for a title. Okay, would you play it, Trenton? Uh yeah. I I wouldn't mind, I think. It seems like a pretty good challenge. Although I think for me, a marathon itself would be challenging in itself. <laughs> We're not doing the marathon for sure. It's just here, there, everywhere. We're good. Here, there, everywhere. We're good. We'll I would see. do it. I think it would be fun if it was like, I don't know, people were like throwing stuff at you while you're doing it too. So oh. it's added. They're throwing eggs at you. They're throwing while you're doing it. And you're wearing like a helmet. So you're fine there. A that helmet, would make it really fun. A helmet and a visor. <laughs> yeah, helmet, visor. Any other protection you want, but they're throwing it at you. I see. So it's like it's like paintball, but with eggs, and you're trying to protect your egg. It's more like crossing through a driving range while holding an egg on a spoon, but it's not <laughs> golf balls. That, too, could be something. True. If you ever go to a driving range and you see, like, the car that picks up the balls come out everybody aims for that <laughs> and the guy in is just like yeah <laughs> okay so it's a sport we would play it for let's take another commercial break excellent i'm a champion real life checks mechanism gosh killing off a rat it's not your normal PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you're going to go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Okay, we're back. Wasn't that a great commercial? It was an excellent commercial. You know, I was in a class and someone was telling me, so you know that show Mad Men? Okay. Well, they weren't telling me, they were telling the class. Mad Men is a show about 1960s ad executives. So they're like making advertising in the 1960s. And he was telling me he has an option or he was telling the class. I keep saying me. I was just someone listening in. He doesn't know who I am. Maybe now he does. But anyway, he was telling the class about this. And he was saying he had the option to watch it on a free premium service or a service where he had commercials. And he chose a service that had a commercials because since it was about advertising, oh. he felt like he appreciated the commercials more because of the show's content. I see. Okay. That's an nice. interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah. If you're watching a show about you know, the struggles of doing this, you're going to appreciate it more. Anyway. That was just a thought coming out of the commercial. Back to the Easter egg thing. Uh, so our third and final sport is, well, maybe not sport, is egg toss. Egg toss. So egg toss is basically, I'm sure most people here have heard it, 
it's not really a sport you haven't heard of. It's where you are tossing an egg to another person standing across from you in a line, and every time you catch it, you got to take a step back, gets further and further distance until people drop the eggs and, you know, splatter in the last two standing. Um, it also has its links to these pagan celebrations, but so, but it really started in medieval Britain when they started hoarding like egg festivals, basically for Easter at churches. The priest would hand out one hard-boiled egg, and they would toss everyone in the church would toss it around, and whoever was last hoarding the egg when the clock struck 12, would get to keep it. <laughs> what I kind of think this story is omitting pleasantly is probably they were like starving peasants and they just want food and you were making yeah. a game out of it. But anyway, fun times, egg tossing. That's where it got to start. So the rules are pretty straightforward like that. One person on a two-person team tosses an egg to another. The egg doesn't break. You take a step apart. Toss is repeated. Continues until one person is left. I mean, one team is left with the one egg. Do you understand this one, Trent? I know yes. you had some difficulty today. I, I had a, a very little bit of difficulty with the first one, yes. But I, I don't I understand that all. This. I don't I understand. <laughs> Since you understand this, why don't you tell us about the records involving this one? Yes. On July 4th in 2011, in Grangeville, Idaho, the world record for the number of participants in an egg toss was set with 2,130 people participating. Darn, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean... I don't know. Maybe Idaho, Idaho has a space, I suppose. A lot of people tossing eggs. That's actually that wasn't really what I was thinking about. Was the problem is, man, we need space. You can get space. I my thing was thinking getting the people to agree. That's what show up for this thing. And also getting what um over a over one thousand eggs to be used for this event. Yeah, I can see that because you just gotta find an egg supplier. It was probably sponsored by like an egg supplier. Oh, that's true. That would be a smart idea. All right. Um, and then in the Guinness Book of World Records on November 12th, 1978, a particular Johnny Del Foley successfully yeeted a fresh <laughs> hen's egg. For a distance of two hundred, no, three hundred and twenty-three feet and two inches, to a Keith Thomas at Jewett, Texas. Okay, I don't know what's more impressive: throwing the egg three hundred twenty-three feet, or, or being able to catching it, <laughs> and it's totally fine when it's been traveling that far. Uh, this this Keith Thomas must have incredibly soft hands well we just caught it with like a pillow or something we don't really know true but uh yeah that's uh wow three 323 feet two inches is very far yeah okay so those were impressive records too uh so variants um there are many versions where you don't use an egg there was a vote a lot of people do this with water balloons, which I think is a lot more reasonable because getting together water balloons and eggs. You toss a water balloon. You got to catch it. And if you catch it, you don't catch it, it pops and you get water on you. Right. It's a fun summertime thing. Yeah. Or you can play on the winter and it would freeze on you or something. <laughs> uh, I saw there was a version where they used tomatoes. I don't really understand how that works as well, but I guess so. I mean, it's got to be soft tomatoes. And then we could always just use Trent's glasses. There we go. <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting addition to the variance here. We can use my cat. <laughs> and then he'll land on his whole force. Uh, I don't think your cat would even allow itself to be picked up. There are two other variants. In Germany... 
The children evented a way where you can spin the egg during the toss so it lands on its tip, still spinning. I don't know how you do that. Wait, I need an egg. I don't got an egg. We should have gotten eggs for this. Okay. <laughs> Dutch children play a version of this called egg sales, in which one child sells an egg to another. The new <laughs> owner then throws the egg in the grass, and if it does not break, it must be returned to the seller. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't understand this. This is like... This is like uh, children's role-playing at its finest. Like, let's, uh... Yeah, wait. So yeah, let's, let's th think of this scenario. The children's are pretending they're playing one of them's being an egg seller and one of them's a customer. Walks up. Excuse me, sir. Can I buy an egg? Yes. Here's your egg. But follow our strict policy of return eggs if it doesn't break. So he buys the egg, takes the egg, throws in the grass. If it doesn't break, he's got to return it. <laughs> and he doesn't get his money back. But he would have wasted the egg anyway. Egg. So what it really is, is the egg seller is a capitalist genius. Because he's making that money either way. No, well, I, I, I read it a different way. I read it as the person who sells the egg sells the customer like a fake egg and then the customer takes the egg and they throw it in the ground and if it doesn't break then they brings it back to the seller and they're like hey this isn't a real egg you know oh so you think there's a scam going on in exactly egg selling yeah i don't think so. no i think there's just dumb kids who like can't break an egg <laughs> Okay, so let's not think about this weird German and Dutch version. Let's just think about the regular egg toss. Is it a sport? Oh, no. As much as I want it to be a sport, I think it would only be a sport if it were more complicated. It's like, too simple. Yeah, like if there is a scoring mechanism or something like that. You can do it. rounds of it. Okay, it, but then it's still more like a contest to me. Okay, yeah, it's a contest. Okay. So in our rankings of what these things can be, game, well, actually, it's crazy guy's idea, game, <laughs> contest, competition, sport, basically. That's how we see it. Something like that, yeah. Basically, we figure the first one is a game, pretty much. Mm -hmm. There's no stakes, nothing. The second one was a sport, if it's played in a certain way. Mm -hmm. This one you're saying is a contest, but yeah. it's nothing more. I, yeah, I think it's more of a contest, kind of, kind of like a game, I suppose, but I think more of a contest or even like a competition, like okay. not, not entirely a sport. Okay. I can, if we go by that, then yeah, I would say it's not a sport. It's some sort of contest, but I will say I think you can only you can just do minor tweaks to it, and it could be a sport. Yeah, mm -hmm. and those tweaks would just be like adding round points, penalties, stuff like that. Right. All right. Okay, but would you play it? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? It's it's a game of catch. Well, it's a game of catch, but you catch it wrong. You get egg splattered on you, and then you get an allergic reaction. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Russian roulette, but with eggs. You should make an. We should make an egg gun, and shoot eggs at people. I mean, they have they have potato guns, right? Like you can launch potatoes. Oh, they also have the ones where like it shoots like wet toilet paper or something. Yep. So, would you play? Guess, yes, I would play. I don't know. Well, I'll play with water balloons because those can get in your clothes and be fine. Egg is bad. Mm, that's a good point. So basically, I'm saying it's not the best version of this game. So when we crown this ultimate egg sport champion, I think it's clear which one is the best egg sport. 
it it's would the only be... one we actually call it a sport, yeah. <laughs> which is the egg spoon race. It's just, it has the most to offer out of all the other egg sports, I think. Yeah, it also just feels like the one you could make a competition out of. The easiest, straightforward. It has the most controversy because it's the most interesting. And yeah. All right. I think it has possibly the most skill. The first one doesn't have skill. The second one, if you bring it to the high stakes, yes, but I still don't think it's as much skill as you got to balance and be fast at its own speed. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a very exquisite sport, I think. Right. So, on that note, we will end. Tune in next week when we talk about stone sports. Stone sports. All right. That sounds like a very exceptional episode. Nope. Never worked. You just yoked this idea too much. Ah. Uh... I guess I'm definitely exaggerating. I think your mind is scrambled. You're just going all over the place. <laughs> but look, uh, on the sunny side up, things will get better. It's not going to be over easy. Okay? <laughs> omelet. I can't do omelet. <laughs> you just said omelet. <laughs> omelet. I'm going to let you finish the show. Oh, there we go. There I'm going to let you finish. Okay. Extra points for you for that. Yep. Okay. This has been Sports You've Never Heard Of. I'm Jacob Ellis. And I'm Trenton Sito here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Stay safe, everybody. Stay safe.